politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for Friday, the end of the week. But for some, the week is already over. For the federal government that doesn't have enough federal holidays, there is now a new one. Well, it's June 18th, but I guess every day is now Juneteenth, from the 13th through the 19th. Um, 19th, but it's really the 18th. Here we have the Republican Party getting sucked into a contrived, retroactive date that has nothing to do with whatever it originally was for the few people who knew about it. It is all about promoting the BLM agenda. And we talked about this yesterday. I want to frame this for today because we're going to have a special guest on discussing about the media censorship, what they focus on and what they ensure that nobody knows about and they don't focus on, even more importantly, which is able to just create an entire new world. Juneteenth, Juneteenth, blah, 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 blah. You know, the things people know about and don't know about are all because of what the media promotes. And people forget how this comes to life. But anyway, I wanted to wish you all a happy War of 1812 day. Because today was the day that Madison declared uh, war in 1812, June 18th, against the British. Really our second war of independence that kind of preserved and really consummated America as a permanent staying power. Um, that that was today. Should we celebrate that, that day? I think it's pretty significant. Significant to everyone. This is truly unbelievable what is going on here. I want you guys to understand the state of America in the year 2021. Last week, CDC announced an emergency meeting to study myocarditis cases among children who have gotten the vaccine so far. Teens, young adults, really I think it's everyone And it was such an emergency, but then they pushed it off until Friday, today. But then they canceled it because of the retroactive sudden rush for a new federal holiday. Forcing children to risk getting myocarditis for a vaccine for a virus that doesn't affect them. And then pushing off the emergency meeting for Juneteenth is the embodiment of the times we live in. But here we are, Republican Kay Ivey, governor of Alabama, saying she has now made it a state holiday. What they won't respond to us on the jailbreak crime stories with criminals being released, the illegal alien problems, cultural problems, all of the COVID fascist problems with the censorship and the new information we know and the need to change policies based on that. Nothing. No sense of alacrity. But when it comes to this, Republicans are tripping over themselves to prove themselves as supportive of the new Kwanzaa just as much as the left is. Well, perhaps they need to get with our sponsor today. They need better vision. They don't have a vision. Folks, I wasn't much of a fan for glasses, but I can never get contacts because I can't put stuff in my eyes. Um, But now with my better spectacles, I really am liking it. My wife loves her better spectacles glasses. Um, They're offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear, 
Um, really the gold standard for the industry over 500 patents. Ronald Reagan himself wore Rodenstock glasses. They help people um, with tough prescriptions, astigmatisms, those with problems wearing progressives. Technology has indeed caught up to your prescription and GoSpecs lenses from Rodenstock uses advanced algorithms for more than a million patients measuring 7,000 points in the eye. The result, more energy, no neck strain, and the ability to help you see 40% better. And now that I've had these for a few weeks, I really see that. Um, the field of vision is better, and I'm just, man, I they fit very well, especially for being done uh, without an official appointment. They sent them to me. And they could do that to you as well. If you go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative, you could schedule a teleoptical appointment. That way you don't have to wear a mask. Um, you don't have to leave your home. And they're not an online company, just so you know. So it's just that they offer this. They're offering my audience an introductory 61% off their GoSpecs lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative to get better vision. So this is the vision that Republicans are lacking because they don't have a forward-looking vision of what they themselves are going to focus on. They get sucked into the left's narrative. That's what it is. It's like a vacuum. You either use it or lose it. You get to control what people think based on the stories you put in front of them. And really, the biggest story, as we've mentioned, the biggest story of all time is certainly the fact that they lied to us about destroying our economy, our mental health, the lives of children for these non-pharmaceutical interventions that never helped. And they knew it didn't help. They said so from day one, but flipped on it. But then the bigger story parlayed against that is that what could have worked from day one, early treatments. Again, cytokine storm is not anything novel. It could be very dangerous for a lot of people. It's not novel. There are drugs that have antiviral and anti-inflammatory qualities that are very cheap and available and have a long track record. Whether it's hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and recently there's fluvaxamine, colchicine, budesonide, all sorts of things, plus bulking up your immune system once we had so much warning of, of this with vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, quercetin. You know, what's interesting, another study came out from Israel showing that people with vitamin D deficiency were eight times more likely to die from the virus. And again, we've, we've known this for, for well over a year at this point. And to this day, it is being censored. To this day, they refuse to adopt a protocol. To this day, there are very few doctors that know what to do or have a desire to even give anyone anything. They, they, like, you know, let's say someone's 70 years old, has some health problems. Uh, I, I, I have COVID. What do you do? Wait till you can't breathe and go to the hospital. What? That is the biggest scandal of all time. And folks... For children, they don't even need this stuff. Young children, young adults. And they're shoving this experimental vaccine. So now we learn the same lies they told about early treatment. They're lying about, again, what doesn't work. 
Or if it does, it comes with side effects that are very problematic. My buddy Phil Kirpin found today an unbelievable story. See, these are some of the things that if you would report on them, it would give people a totally different perspective. If you go to CDC's own data on outcomes per 100,000 people, they divide by age group. You look at the 5 to 17 age group, which is very important because that's roughly K through 12 school-age children. And if you look at the numbers per 100,000, they are projecting or estimating that, and this is not as of now, this was as of the end of March, although there haven't been that many cases since then because it's kind of died off since then, but as of the end of March, 41.6% of 5 to 17-year-old American children have gotten COVID. They actually estimate that slightly more than any other age group. Do you understand the implications of that? Number one, it shows that they already have herd immunity because we see that in California and L.A., it stopped around 40%. We see that in Florida. We see in a lot of places, 40% seems to be the benchmark. And whatever that benchmark is, if CDC is saying that the young children got it actually a little bit more, then guess what that means? That if we all agree that it's kind of waned everywhere, then certainly with children, there's no risk of, of really having outbreaks in large numbers in the future. So what are we even doing? The whole thing is moot. Why would you experiment on them? Not to mention, obviously, the case, even if they do get it, it's, it's a nothing. We see the fact that 40% of all those children got it. And what's the big deal? They didn't even know they had it. You literally have to find out retroactively in a study, oh, you know, 42% already had it. Oh, really? With the flu, I mean, there is an asymptomatic concept of the flu, but, you know, typically when kids get it, they get it, you know, bad for three, five days. This is unbelievable, but the other great implication of this finding is in the past. 42% had it already. You know what that means? All the masking and isolation and testing and the child abuse was for nothing. Absolutely. It literally did nothing. It cut through them as quickly as anyone. And and now we're seeing, obviously, I was one of the first people to do this March 24th of last year. I wrote a column. When did coronavirus start and why it matters And my point was, even then there seemed to be indication that this was likely in America in 2020. November, December, and now there's tons of studies out indicating that really we've had that for a year. I've reported on it. Um, But the Wall Street Journal had a big article that was passed around this week on that. And what that means is that the ship sailed. I mean, years ago, CDC in their flu um, protocol they say that once something reaches 1% prevalence, there's no way to stop that. And that's something that is stoppable. This, in retrospect, was never stoppable anyway. But the point is, there are so many stories here on this. And yet, where are Republicans? Where is the counter-narrative? Where's the alternative vision? You have the West Virginia governor, my buddy Jim Justice. I'm not kidding you. He has this baby dog website 
very creepy marketed to young kids and teens to get them vaccinated. Do it for baby dog, and it has pictures of him with a dog. He reminds me of like these movies with the creep that has a puppy selling puppies outside his van at a carnival and lures kids in and grabs them. That's what he reminds me of. These are Republican governors in states Trump carried two to one. Three to one sometimes. This is the point. It shocks me how my colleagues wield so much influence over red states and Republican elected officials, and they don't use it on them. I don't want to hear about the Democrats until you have your own party that's not doing the same thing. Juneteenth, that's all they care about. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. Now, folks, as an introduction to our next guest, I want to remind you of Malcolm X's famous quote, The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And to me, that really describes what we've witnessed this past year, how the media could place on people's tables, figuratively speaking, etch in their minds an image of a certain issue that really doesn't reflect reality. Whether it's crime stories, you know, they could give you a certain image that there's a pervasive problem of white cops just attacking blacks and whites in general attacking blacks when in fact there's record crime the other way and it's harming black victims of crime. And you don't hear that. With COVID, we saw this all along, whether it's the question of asymptomatic spread, natural immunity, and certainly, certainly early therapeutic treatments. It's whatever the media told you is what you thought. And in this case, it actually determined the outcome of your life more than any policy issue ever before. So this is why it is so important to really examine how deep is this censorship, but really more important than the bias of the media is the obfuscation of what they don't report. Now with that, earlier this week, like a lot of you, I saw this video clip of a reporter for Houston's Fox affiliate, it's Fox 26, where suddenly on air, out of nowhere, in a random report on the heat wave there, she announced that she was going to be breaking news about her own network censoring information. Obviously, since then, she's been cut loose from the network, and she went on to discuss with James O'Keefe at Project Veritas, who has always done good work on this, the deep-rooted censorship on hydroxychloroquine, other basic stories that made a lot of sense to cover, and it really reveals a deep corporate bias in the media, but that includes the Fox network as well, as many of you in the audience are familiar with. Ivory Hecker, who's the reporter we're talking about, she was recently the general assignment reporter and fill-in anchor for Fox 26. Uh, She really has a wealth of experience in a variety of local news beats and major media markets, Syracuse, Minneapolis, Lexington, uh, Columbia, and she is actually with us today to discuss her latest revelations. Ivory, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Wow, so this is really exciting news. I was shocked. I've never seen anything like this in my life where someone obviously risked their career just tossed it away on air, um, blew the whistle on their own network. Obviously, this has been going on for a little bit of time. Why now? Why did you decide to do this now? 
Well, I when the strange behavior from my bosses first really became prominent last August, I wanted to do I, I wanted to somehow get out back then, but my contract was so restrictive. I I just didn't know how to to get out and I just continued to see uh, a continued pattern of them shutting down certain very newsworthy stories that they just didn't like or that their bosses didn't like. And so I just continued to document this and trying to figure out, it was just months worth of just racking my brain every day of like, well, how do I get out and what do I do? How do, how do I support myself if I do get out? And, and just, you know, so I, I just had a lot of questions about what to do because this is something I never wanted to do. I never wanted to throw away corporate news. I dreamed of corporate news. I, I trained myself for corporate news, uh, going to one of the most elite journalism schools in the country. And I I had had big dreams of continuing in this line of work. But when I saw what they were doing, I, I lost all interest in continuing in corporate news. I still have an interest in continuing in my loyalty to the viewers and getting answers for the citizens, not for corporate bosses. Uh, but anyway, when I crossed paths by, by chance with Project Veritas, then I realized this is a way to really reach more a, a bigger audience. I want to wake people up to some of the corruption in the media. I know I'm not the only one. I've heard it from others. And now that I'm out, I am getting emails and messages from other journalists who are either still inside and, and not, and they're scared to come out, or there's journalists who have already thrown away their careers. They've just done it more quietly. They say, look, look, the media's not the same anymore. Um, I can't be a journalist in this corporation anymore, so I'm just going to quit and I'm going to switch to something like uh, something like PR or just they just totally change careers because they cannot do journalism in corporate news anymore. It's so sad. I've received uh, a few uh, incredible, incredibly sad stories in my inbox just in the past day or so from these journalists and I'm, I'm probably going to try to interview some of them and get their stories out to you guys because I want people to see this pattern. Sure. And and I, I guess what we've learned this year, which is so shocking, is we've always known that there are certain issues that are off limits. Um, just ideologically, they're off limits. Anything that has a tinge of race, that they can make it a racial issue. But what was shocking about the main uh, issue of censorship that you are addressing, which is just reporting about the use of hydroxychloroquine as early treatment for COVID, you know, it, it didn't reek of anything prima facie as uh, political. I mean, it's treating COVID. What, there's nothing right or left about hydroxychloroquine, or, or really now we see ivermectin, budesonide, colchicine. I mean, anything, vitamin D, you're not allowed to talk about treating COVID except for something that is endorsed by big pharma and costs a lot of money. So my question to you is, is that bias coming not so much ideologically, but really from moneyed interests? It could be. It's, it's hard to tell. I have a feeling in the case of, of the hydroxychloroquine story, which, which was just one of many things I could talk about. But people ask me about what started it, and that is what started it. With, uh, uh, this strangeness kind of began with that particular story. Uh, but it's, um, it, it feels more like a peer pressure issue uh, with Fox. Fox has had a lot of pressure on them to 
get in line with the rest of the media or face consequences. I mean, they're they're already facing right now a massive lawsuit from Dominion. I, I haven't checked on and whether that lawsuit what the latest in it is, but um, so they they're getting uh, attacks from a lot of people, and I I honestly think that Lachlan Murdoch, the CEO of of Fox Corp, uh, who's in charge of all the local stations, mm-hmm. is just really being careful uh he's we've gotten some interesting emails from him over the past year but uh i think that the company is really trying to prove themselves to the other media right now because when when this happened with my coverage of hydroxychloroquine i I wasn't even going to cover hydroxychloroquine it was the final little question and an inner in an a broad sweeping interview about covid treatment at that hospital we talked about a lot of topics uh that particular question is one my boss has had an issue with when I simply asked the doctor if he was uh, using that drug at his hospital. A lot of, a lot of audiences want, uh, wanted updates on that drug after they saw the creepy uh, mass censorship of Stella Emanuel two weeks prior to that interview. So I had asked that question and the doctor said he was using it. And that is what my bosses did not like. They didn't like the truth from that doctor. Now that is very concerning, but they came after me after a gossip article had been written about me. A small little gossip blog said that I suck and uh, that Fox took offense to that and wanted to get me in line. They don't want any negative press about themselves, apparently. Uh, So it didn't matter that the doctor was telling me the truth of his treatment and I was letting people know the truth of what he does. Fox cared more about their image and wanting to make sure that they don't get anyone criticizing them and accusing them of promoting some drug. Uh, We're not promoting a drug. We're telling viewers what doctors are using. That's it. We're disseminating facts to the viewers. That's what journalists do. And and did the attitude of your overlords at the local Fox station there change throughout the year, the the late uh, summer and then into the fall and and really the last number of months where – Enormous amounts of studies have come out on both hydroxy and ivermectin. You had a Harvard study come out. I mean, has their attitude changed? I don't think so. I, I don't. You know, I once they they instituted basically a permanent ban on me covering COVID drug treatments after that. So hydroxychloroquine kind of paved the way for the media to shut themselves down and self censor. Uh, on a lot of drugs. So then suddenly I, for instance, was not allowed to pursue coverage of, of any drug after that. Uh, it was very creepy. And then after that, what we saw started to see happening was a lot of peer-reviewed studies on ivermectin, which I I couldn't even, you know, I was just so, so like, I felt so crushed as, as this, uh, some of what they were doing was happening because they weren't just saying, oh, don't cover that. I mean, they issued a defamatory memo, stuck it in my file for all corporate bosses to see uh, uh, false information about me to make me look bad. It was so soul crushing when all I was doing was collecting the facts on the ground. So just having being subjected to that, I just I felt so crushed. I, I didn't even pursue uh, stories about that topic or look into it for a while. I, I just kind of shifted my focus on how can I get out of here? How can I get out of here? And so I, 
I didn't I didn't even myself look into the uh, into the studies, but also Fox didn't air those studies either because you can search the archives when you're an internal employee. You can search the archives and see everything that they've aired on all their shows. And they have In fact, with ivermectin, they only aired one uh, Vosot, which is a like a 30 second little anchor script read uh, about ivermectin in April of 2020. At that time, uh, the anchor read a little script saying, oh, Australian researchers are, are seeing promise with ivermectin, April 2020. After that, there was a media blackout. Fox did not touch the topic of ivermectin. Mm. Fox 26 Houston did not, uh, according to the archives uh, from, from then until now. Uh, meanwhile, mounting research has shown its its effectiveness. I, I'm talking peer-reviewed, double-blind studies, and uh, in the nation of India ha- has uh, mass-distributed ivermectin, and and what happened after they did that is you saw plummeting COVID cases there. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, Fox 26 is one of many, many, many outlets that have their blinders on about it. So one of the things that's disturbing me, and I get this sense from you that, you know, you had a promising journalism career, but you realize that it's not like that you were so much giving it up. It gave up on you. It doesn't exist anymore. And one of the reasons I fear is because everyone's got to eat. Everyone's got to earn a buck. And there really is no independence anymore. This program here and many people that are similar to me, we're kind of resigned to the fact that we get, you know, relatively low dollar um, advertisers. We're not going to, you know, gone are the days where Ford Motor Company advertised on Rush Limbaugh's program saying we didn't take bailout money. You know, those days are over. Nothing big is going to touch anything like that. So, you know, obviously, if you want to be a mainstream station in a given area, you need to get advertising dollars. And what I'm finding more and more, and it shouldn't surprise anyone, is that when it comes to big pharma, it's always been known that their quarterly lobbying file uh, filings show they are the biggest lobbyist in Washington, even bigger than the Chamber of Commerce. Um, but when it comes to the media as well, we're seeing that uh, fa- uh, Facebook has censored every one of my articles um, since from day one on COVID. And by the way, I've written thousands of articles on so many political topics. Nothing has done well as well as my articles on treatment of COVID or data around it where does it come from when did it start there's just so much intrigue and i did an article about the censorship of ivermectin and facebook censored it and then i saw that their you know factcheck.org has this side check covid19 vaccination project which they rely on for their fact checking and they say it's made possible by a grant from the robert wood johnson foundation which very much is invested in johnson and johnson and you find this everywhere. Is that what you're finding at a local news level as well? Well, uh, it, you know, you can just any viewer can watch the commercial space on on Fox or anywhere and see how much of the commercials are filled with drug companies. But we're also seeing commercials from the CDC and from local health departments and from major hospitals advertising on these news outlets as well so you just have you kind of have to wonder if if the news department doesn't want to conflict with the sales department within a tv station and lose ad sales revenue by doing a story that could 
criticize uh, what what that department is pushing. You know, the health department is is pushing vaccines, so we can't we can't criticize vaccines. The CDC is pushing all of this, so we can't go against them. And then uh, the drug manufacturers. You know, we don't want to. We don't want to say something else works that's that's cheaper, you know, a cheap drug such as ivermectin. We we can't talk about that. You know, who knows? I don't I don't have hard hard facts on this, but I did. I mean, uh, the the director of promotions of Fox executives, Fox 26, told me that uh, a CDC promotion we were putting out that was deceptive. It it looked like almost like a news post, but it was a promotion that he said it was paid for, I guess, by the CDC. So, you know, if we're getting funding from the CDC and, and then disguising it as news, it's, it's, uh, raises questions. I mean, what that guy yes. told me, if it is true, there's so many layers of concern for this because it was a promotion through Ad Council, which Ad Council's uh, CDC ads, or their their uh, vaccine-related ads are actually funded by uh, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson indirectly. Uh, Ad Council says that's not true. Uh, it's not. What's happening is ad. As it just so happens that uh johnson and johnson and pfizer are just making generic gigantic contributions to ad council uh not saying what sort of promotion to put out just uh, here's the money ad council do what you want with it and then ad council just so happens to create a very very pro-vaccine ad that says the fact is the vaccines are safe and effective and will save lives and then uh ad council creates that ad in partnership with the CDC and pumps it out to news outlets. Who so so in other words, if you would have a prominent doctor, I mean, think about Dr. Peter McCullough from, from Texas, Baylor University, one of the most prominent cardiologists in the country. He really wrote the first academic paper on early treatment of COVID. He's treated a ton of people. Um, he's been on this program many times. So if you would have a guy like that locally in Texas saying, hey, I'm seeing a lot of issues of myocarditis, there's a lot of things to to look at, you wouldn't be allowed to pursue that story. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't because I've proven I don't stick in line with the narrative. There's a chance Fox would have assigned another reporter or anchor to, to talk to him, someone who would ask, quote, safe questions. So... Yeah, it's interesting. Now, this is obviously a big issue, but what else have you seen in terms of being censored or that you felt that you couldn't pursue as a local reporter that led you to believe that this entire organization and and broad profession is irremediably broken? Well, many, many different topics were, were shut down, and I saw countless newsworthy stories about the election being shut down. I mean, I'm getting legitimate uh, tips and uh, evidence sent to me uh, uh, about concerning things in regards to the election. And my bosses are acting like they don't hear me or shooting it down, shooting it down, saying we don't. I mean, they would find any excuse not to cover uh, an election story 
that may raise concerns about election integrity. And that was very creepy to me because uh, elections are sacred. And, and those elections had, for my nine-year career in corporate news, I mean, earlier on in this career, it was just such a sacred thing for a journalist to cover was the election and make sure that it uh, that it's going happening as it should without any uh, fraud or any uh, any strange anomalies or anything like that. So when I'm getting uh, tips about about things that could hamper a free and fair election and my bosses have no interest in fact they're adamant that uh, that I cover something else we'll find something else for Ivory today uh, it's just uh, that that was just very very concerning to me you would think that regardless of what election is happening who's running what side you personally are on that you would want uh, you would want to just no errors to happen uh, so Anyway, I mean, and I have, I have plenty of examples of, of that. There were, there were uh, I was tipped off about Secretary of State's office raw data on early voting. Um, for the first time, uh, Secretary of State of Texas was more transparent than ever about, about votes. And you could actually download an Excel spreadsheet from Secretary of State's website showing all the early voters in their IDs uh, didn't say who they voted for, but it, it showed uh, who voted so far. And so then you, you could compare that. You could actually sort it and see if someone had, had uh, double voted or if someone had voted without being registered. I mean, I compared those numbers to uh, people, uh, to, to the people registered in our County registered to vote and compare comparing voter IDs. They're actually a lot of missing voter IDs. And when you search that person's name or voter ID, it showed that they were not registered uh, to vote. So um, there were a lot of unregistered voters. Uh, we also got information about double voters. Uh, my bosses had no interest in looking into that, even after we confirmed with the Secretary of State that, that they they were aware of this strange anomaly and were looking into it and were forwarding it to the attorney general. Uh, Fox had no interest. And then, um, I mean, when, when the whole, that first big press conference happened calling out dominion voting software, Texas was mentioned in that. So I said, Hey, we've got a local angle. Let's, let's fact check this local angle. They mentioned Mm. that they mentioned that Texas had turned down dominion voting uh, previously. Let me check. Oh yeah. Here's the documents from the secretary of state's office. So in that morning editorial meeting, the day after that presser, I said, Hey, Hey bosses, here's, here's the Texas local angle on what the nation is talking about. Uh, We've got documentation from secretary of state of Texas that secretary of state of Texas turned down dominion voting machines back in January of 2020 uh, because they saw uh, from, from their analysis of it, because before they approve a voting machine for, for use in the state, they want to make sure that it, it, it can be fraud proof. And in their analysis of the machine, back in uh, December, January of 2020, they had noted that it appears that uh, there is a chance of fraud with those machines. So Texas, the state of Texas, actually banned use of Dominion voting January 2020. And and, and that um, was before this ever became an issue. So that's a big exactly. deal. That's, way, that's before the primaries. Right. It's way before 
way before anything. So that's proof that someone didn't just randomly come up with this Dominion idea there, that there were actually high up election officials in the state of Texas saying, no, Dominion is no good for us. They shot it down. I, I presented these documents to my bosses. They acted like they didn't hear me. And I believe that day they assigned me to cover sidewalk chalk art. I was so offended. <laughs> I was so offended. And, and this, we just see this stuff continue. Then when it came time to vote for new, new machines in Houston, um, new voting machines, very big deal. Uh, I was presented, a, a tipster sent me uh, raw cell phone video of the, uh, the actual man who worked for the voting machine company demonstrating the machine to some of the county officials. And when the county officials asked him about the chance of, of shooting your um, ballot, your paper ballot through the machine multiple times and having it, one ballot being counted multiple times, he was saying, yes, that's a possibility that can happen. That is one flaw in our system. And my, when I presented that video to my bosses, they did not want to cover that story. Countless election-related concerns. My bosses turned a blind eye to, that if the public was aware of these things, we could make sure that our elections are fortified. So election coverage was something that also just really alarmed me. So let, let's see where to take this. We, we're really almost out of time here. I just want to see where you think you're, you plan on heading, where you think the field of journalism should head, because my problem is that we have this polarization now. So you have a system of which Fox, Fox is very much a part of that, where they decide what needs to be said and what cannot be said. And they all kind of echo each other. For all the fighting, the Republicans and Democrats, if you watch very carefully about the most important issues of our time, and I count election fraud, crime, and incarceration levels, and COVID, they were actually very similar to each other. If you if you look carefully, it's a handful of Republicans that are different. They're just because there's only two parties, so they run as Republicans. But fundamentally, they're the same. Fox kind of reflects them. The others reflect the other side, but they're really the same. And then it's left kind of like, you know, the weirdos like me to really focus on it. And, oh, those are the right wingers. So then the more we focus on it, the more it creates the rubber band effect where they absolutely cannot focus on it. And even though everything we put out on COVID was right, it's funny. Um, I was mentioned my March 24th article got 2 million hits. Uh, when did coronavirus start and why it matters? And now, you know, today it's universal that Wall Street Journal had this out. It was in America, November and December. Um, and it means it was spreading long before we ever knew. And we had no ability to, to you know, confine it in retrospect. And it was kind of clear at the time. But yet, you know, we're still viewed as kooks, right wing, conspiracy, what I, what I see is that there's a need for someone that really will have journalistic intrigue, look into these stories, but doesn't have a jersey on like like I admittedly do. Do you think there is any market for that? Absolutely. There's such a huge market for journalists who are just loyal to the questions that the citizens have, regardless of which citizen you are. I, as a journalist, I have I have felt such a sacred loyalty to the viewers' questions, and I do not care what political party my viewers want to associate with or what their special interests are. I know that they're just they're in the end. Each person is a regular American who wants the best for their life, and I and they have questions about how how, how can this issue affect my well-being, and I want to get answers to those. And there seems to be so few journalists like that 
right now. And I think there is a huge market for that. So I think that if journalists come out, right, I mean, that's why you're seeing such a, a positive response to me right now. I'm, I'm getting so much support for this. And so I think I think that this is the era of independent journalists, and I think the support that we're seeing happen to me is going to inspire other journalists to go independent. Um, people want, are sick of their questions being ignored. No, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned on the initial broadcast where you broke the news very bravely, you noted that there were other people you were hearing from. When you say that, do you mean within your network in Houston, across the country? Are you able to elaborate a little bit on what else you're hearing from people that claim to have been censored by news corporations? Yeah, in private conversations, a couple of uh, journalists have confided in me their frustration but also I'm working on my first independent news report uh, where you're going to see you're going to see very clearly that I'm not the only one uh, being subjected to this uh, lockdown and this uh, ban on covid drug treatment coverage. Um, uh, my first report is really going to focus on the covid drug treatment and it's really going to shine a looking glass on uh, what's happening with the media across the board as far as their clampdown on, on on information about that topic. Well, well, we'll definitely be following your work. This is certainly very exciting. You could follow Ivory at Ivory Hecker on Twitter. Where, where else could we find your work? Do you have a website that you're going to post your new videos on? I need to create a website now that I'm independent. It's been such a whirlwind. I haven't had a chance yet, but someone did email me about web development. If you guys know anyone, let me know. I need to get a good website where I can post news that's not going to be deleted by a social media outlet that doesn't like that story or something. But for now, I am posting my stuff on social media. Um, if you go to my Instagram at real.ivory, I post a lot on Instagram. It also has a link to Telegram, which is often a safer place to post certain mm. news that gets censored. So you can see my link to Telegram where I can post things that will not get deleted by uh, the, you know, the censored corporate uh, social media monopoly. Sure. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Definitely keep us updated. And folks, there is a Give, Send, Go uh, fundraiser for Ivory's new venture that she's given up, obviously, her career, and she does need to get this off the ground. So you could just Google her name at Give, Send, Go to contribute if you are so inclined to do so. And Ivory, we will definitely be hearing from you um, in the coming days. Good luck with your new venture. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Take care. Look, folks, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take sacrifice, and it's going to take more people doing this. And that's why I like her message that she's doing this so that others will follow. Because we know this is happening in every newsroom, and certainly that includes Fox. And I think that's the important thing here. People think Fox is the alternative. No, it's not. It's, Fox is like the controlled opposition, They'll focus on the empty calories, the, the things that are okay to focus on, but there are certain stories that they cannot focus on. Remember, Fox endorsed the First Step Act, jailbreak, the entire um, you know, de-incarceration agenda, and all of their hosts were awfully silent during that time. A lot of people email me all the time noting how silent they are. Um, James O'Keefe is on Fox all the time, and you know since he's broken the story with Ivory, which obviously implicates their, their broader network, 
he has not been on, which is something that's interesting to watch. So we need more people like that. And a lot of it's money. This is the problem. Forget about working more in a mainstream local news network, but even in conservative media. We see this all the time. I say this all the time, that the reason why there's so few like me is because everyone's got to eat. And there's really no profit in, in what I'm trying to do because what we're trying to do is more to save the country. It's not to be entertaining or you know make a, make a product or anything. And the money is just not there. So that's the thing. I mean, this was a, a young reporter that really seemed to be very good at what she did, had, had a promising career in mainstream journalism, and just totally gave it up. Because she realized there is no journalism. There is nothing there. Everything is either, it's either the system, or really the only ones against it are the right. I mean, you have a small group on the traditional left that's, you know, kind of the Robert Kennedy, uh, Naomi Wolf crowd that's opposing COVID fascism, and I applaud them. It's, it's nice to finally have a partner, um, but there really is nowhere to go. But imagine if we were able to get a number of whistleblowers just to show that this entire media enterprise is completely bought and paid for by the same corporations that are pushing these policies, so they gaslight the stories that engender public outcry or support for those policies. That's all it is. That's all it is. And again, like you look at the crime stories that nobody talks about. Ivory had some great crime stories, by the way, and I wrote on one um, all these jailbreak stories of judges letting career violent criminals out, rapists out on no time. You know, it turns out, where's that guy? Uh, yet another stabbing of a 94 year old woman in San Francisco, an Asian woman, a black on Asian attack. Not surprisingly, this guy was arrested five times last year for burglary. And he was let go. Nothing happened happened to me. Never spent time. And he was wearing an ankle monitor while doing it. There, I mean, if people heard of these stories, they would be clamoring for what they clamored for in the early 90s when local me- media led the way in reporting on weak on crime policies. And we, we don't see this. Her, you know, Ivory's hometown, the Houston police chief, Troy Finner, came out and said that Basically, they have a scenario where many violent offenders remain on the streets and in some cases commit more crimes when they should be in jail. There are 1,500 murder cases awaiting trial, including 500 for capital murder. Quote, if we're arresting people, but they're not going to prison when they need to, that's a problem. You know, A lot of my colleagues talk about police funding. Um, and, and not to criticize them too much, but even when I had on Greg Abbott's primary challenger, Don Huffines, I asked him about jailbreak, and he talked about we're going to fund the police. But the police, I mean, the police are funded in most places. The police do a good job. They usually catch the guys. That's not the issue. The issue is the statutory changes that need to be made um, in the state legislature and the handcuffs that need to be placed on these judges and, you know, more of a focus on judicial elections at a county and state level to ensure they don't let them go. Pre-trial, post-conviction... This is the issue. But you need a media focused on this. You control the media, you control the narrative, you control the policies, you control the country. That's really what this is. Now, I didn't get a chance to talk about the courts today, um, but I'm going to point to you uh, my latest column at The Blaze, why 
this Fulton versus City of Philadelphia religious liberty case is worse than you think. I'm not going to go into it now, but it's it's worse than I made it out to be yesterday. Uh, it's worse than Masterpiece Cake Shop case. Basically, what it does is it tells cities, you could deny licenses for adoption to Catholic uh, charities all you want, so long as you do it categorically. Meaning, they ruled with the Catholic ch- uh, adoption services only because they said, it was very narrow, they said that, Philadelphia officially offers exemptions. So once you offer exemptions to the prohibition on not placing children with same-sex couples, then it becomes more arbitrary, and then it could be a problem of singling out religious groups. Mind you, they never even utilized that exemption. They never offered an exemption. And now Philadelphia is just going to go back and, and officially write, there are no exceptions. So they actually incentivize them to be even more hardcore, and then it passes muster. Because what most conservative judges seem to hold, Barrett and Kavanaugh included, and this applies to COVID fascism, is that you're allowed to violate civil liberties so long as you do it equally and categorically. That's the new thing, and it's it's unbelievable. So the entire GOP scam of vote Republican to get a conservative Supreme Court, and here not only did we get five to four, but it should have been six to three, but even if you take out Roberts, that you should still have five votes, we don't. We don't. On, on, on varying issues, we don't. But increasingly, it's Barrett and Kavanaugh that seem to be in a class of their own, and that is a very, very big problem. Again, there's more to, to discuss on this. As always, sign up for your constitutionaction.com networks. We're looking at Nebraska. We're starting West Virginia, South Carolina, Alabama. We're going to focus on these issues. Um, we're going to focus on it you know, at an activism level. But yeah, it would be nice if you had a non-activist, non-Jersey-wearing, just intriguing reporters. Um, I, I would even hire here at The Blaze, even though we're conservative media, but I would totally have no problem telling someone that I knew was 100% outside the system and just wanted to get to the truth. Hey, go where the truth leads you. But, you know, it doesn't exist. And just remember, remember what Fox News is. Fox News is to CNN kind of what the Republican Party is to the Democrat Party. Think about that. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend, Father's Day weekend. Um, Again, we will be back same time, same place, but I do need you guys to help grow this show because we don't have the big money coming in. We don't have the corporate interests. Uh, So give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Send the show to 50 of your friends and relatives so we could expand our reach and influence. Till next time, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.